0: The following is a hoop ball presentation.
1: Hello and welcome to Hoop Ball DFS today. It is Wednesday, March 11th. I am Andrew Hansen, and I am psyched to be joined once again by the one and only David Menkoff. David, how is your DFS week going so far?
0: Hey Andrew really excited to be here uh, my dFs week is uh, is going uh, i would I would say <laughs> it's, it's certainly been uh, an up and down run uh, you know I would say that between Monday and Tuesday there's definitely been some uh, some more chalkier plays that really haven't panned out uh, but it's definitely excited to jump back into it today and hopefully for for better fortunes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. Did you get milwaukee on Monday and uh, Alfred payton on Tuesday, like like I did?
0: Yes, yes. Uh, I had a heavy play in Milwaukee. Uh, even even though I expected some players to rest, I did not expect a full line change with uh, with guys like Frank Mason the third getting minutes. <laughs>
1: right. Oh my gosh, what a night! Well, thankfully that was Monday, and this is Wednesday, and we can get back after it. So it should be a fun six-game slate here. Hopefully we can have just – give me just an average normal DFS night with, you know, a couple curveballs here and there. But just no – like you said, no massive line changes. We don't need that. Right. So (laughs) stay tuned. I mean, we can't can't promise anything. But what we can promise is that if you go over to mybookie.ag, they are our presenting sponsor. If you use the promo code TODAY – T-O-D-A-Y, you can get a 50% match on your deposit up to $1,000. So if you want to make some wagers on the NBA, NCAA, PGA, MLB, coming right around the corner, then head over there, use that promo code, and get some free money. So we certainly recommend them. We also want to thank Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee, and they are the key to our DFS success, big energy boost, Put you in the right frame of mind. I had a couple cups this morning and I'm very thankful that I did so. So track them down on Amazon, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. A couple clicks and you'll have it at your doorstep. All right, David, let's get into the slate. We have one tip at 7 o'clock tonight. It is an exciting matchup between Detroit and Philly with a total of 215. At least that's where it opened Philly, the big 11-point favorites at home where they are dominant. And both teams are pretty well-rested. Detroit hasn't played since Sunday. Philly has not played since Saturday. But slow-paced teams here. Bottom half in terms of offensive efficiency. Not expecting a ton of points. We do have some injury news on the Detroit side. John Henson is out, which should open up some time for Thawne Maker. And on the Philly side, we have a lot of question marks, starting in the middle with Embiid. He's questionable. We do have Josh Richardson back into the lineup, so a bit of a different mix for Philly. So in game one, David, who are you targeting?
0: Yeah, so jumping jumping into Detroit on the Detroit side, uh, knowing that Brandon Knight should be back tonight um, and he should be able to get... Minutes in the 25 to 30 range. Um, I I like his price currently at at 4,900 on DraftKings. Uh, He's definitely someone in play right now. Um, And the other side of of the guard situation in Detroit, there's also Bruce Brown as well. Um, He's been playing fairly well ever since he came back uh, from injury. Uh, His last game, he put up 30 drafting points. I like him as well at 5,200 as well. On DraftKings, uh, priced pretty pretty fairly. Um, I wouldn't say uh, great value, but certainly someone that can certainly exceed uh, that price tag. And then as well, on, on the forward side on Detroit, um, they're, they're pretty thin on the forward's end. So I would say Christian Wood is always in play on a night-to-night basis. He's been putting up pretty consistently strong numbers. And at 8100 on DraftKings, I really like him as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um... It is worth mentioning those guards, and and thank you for mentioning their injuries as well with, with Knight back in the lineup. And Bruce Brown is questionable here early afternoon on Wednesday. So keep an eye on that because the other guys have interesting price tags as well. Svi Kaluk and McRae are both 4.1. I think they're guys you could look at in tournaments. I mean, they are shooters, and if they hit a few threes, then they can be valuable on DraftKings but i'm not going to have as much interest in them with knight back and if bruce brown plays as well then it's going to get a bit messy a bit a bit messy and i'm more interested in that thin front line that you referenced wood is is you got to figure he's going to be the go-to guy offensively so he he's worth a look and then i mentioned thon maker at the outset at 3.1 i see him getting at least 28 to 30 minutes um So He's not a guy I really like to play, but he is going to be one of the key value plays to consider on this slate at 3.1K on DraftKings with Henson out. Over on the Philly side, I'm just not really ready to break this down completely. This is going to be one of those wait until lineup lock and see what comes out of it with Embiid in or out of the lineup. Uh, He's just a monster in every way, including his price tag and, and his usage, so that's really going to have a lot of effect in terms of the dominoes with the rest of that lineup. I feel like Tobias and and Horford are priced up as if Embiid might not play. So I probably will stay away from this front court if Embiid plays. The one guy I might consider is Tobias Harris. And I don't think I'll get to anybody else in terms of the guards and the wings. I, I like the guys in those price ranges a little bit more on some of these other teams throughout the slate. But you're the 76ers guy, David. Anybody you like over there?
0: Yeah, Andrew, definitely bring up some great points. I think Joel Embiid, the the questionable tag, is certainly going to be a factor here in determining who I'm really going to go with or target from the Sixers end. Um, I would say if Embiid does sit out, uh, I would go with uh, Al Horford. Uh, His price tag is a bit high, but it's still reasonable at 7,400. So he might be a guy that I'm looking at uh, he may be more of a tournament option, uh, but in general, I, I like him as well. Uh, and then jo- Josh Richardson uh, is coming back off of a concussion. So at 5200, he might be another GPP play, um, certainly someone to, to consider targeting. But as you mentioned, um, a lot of things are up in the air with Joel Embiid, the, question, well, the questionable tag, and knowing he's, his usage rate is pretty high when he's on the court. So um, certainly something to look at.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's go to game two, where we have a little bit more certainty, at least at this point in the day, and we should have some more points to try to get a piece of. It's New York traveling to Atlanta. This one opened at 231 and a half, second highest total on the board. Atlanta favored by four and a half. So we're looking at one of these high scoring close games, and that would be in line with what these two teams have done before. They've played in two shootouts. First one totaled. 263 points, second one was 275 points in double overtime. So this has been a juicy fantasy matchup so far this year. New York is coming in on a back-to-back, having played in Washington last night, but they get Atlanta's 28th-ranked defense, and of course Atlanta gets New York's 23rd-ranked defense. So in terms of the injuries, on the Atlanta side, we've got Collins and Herter in along with Trevion Graham. Deandre Bembry is out and I don't see any injury news on the New York side. So with a high total here, hopefully a lot of scoring, where are you going to look?
0: Yeah. um, I would say this is one of my favorite games of the entire slate. Sorry. Excuse me. Um, And on the Knicks side, I really like Julius Randle. Uh, I know that he let a lot of people down yesterday, um, but I, I like to go back to the well here, especially considering this great matchup, two high-scoring teams uh, playing minimal defense. I really like Julius Randle at 7-800. Um, he's my top target on the Knicks side. Uh, I, again, you can go back to Alfred Payton, although he really didn't uh, perform really strong yesterday. Um, he might be actually someone to target in, in a lot of the tournaments tonight. Uh, just because I don't see him garnering a lot of ownership uh, given his performance yesterday, so six thousand five hundred. He's another guy on the Knicks side that I like, um, but I would say those are my top two.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Those guys have consistently been my favorites here in recent times with the Knicks. I really like Julius Randle's game. Hoping he'll bounce back. He's been pretty strong against New York. So, or sorry, against Atlanta this year. And Peyton, I agree with you, could get him at low ownership. He's getting Trey Young defense. So you'd think he'd bounce back, and hopefully emotionally he'll want to rebound from lower minutes and, and a lesser performance. i got to mention Frank nilakina because he's the one who really benefited from Peyton's poor night. He had a 20-point double-double against Washington last night in 29 minutes. He's only 3.2 on DraftKings. Not a guy typically roster, but there are a few guys in that 3.1 to 3.2 price range on DraftKings that I'm looking at tonight, and he is in that mix for sure. Don't know if I'll get anyone else with uh, the Knicks, but I'd like to because this is a this is a great game to stack, uh, but I'll, I'll have more guys on the Hawks' side. Over there, I'm looking right at Trey Young. He's been over 40 real points against New York, both times out, just dominant. So he's my favorite high-priced player on this slate. Uh, Collins, certainly in the mix. Uh, He's been so consistent. He's over 9K, but he's had three straight high 40 fantasy point nights where he's paid off his value. Dwayne Dedman is a guy that I think we need to keep an eye on. He's been stepping up lately. Paid off value against Charlotte, uh, even though he fouled out. So I'll have some shares of him. Cam Reddish is next on my list. He got 40 minutes against Charlotte. Uh, Yes, it was an overtime game, double overtime, but he's under 5K, so I I like him in this wide-open matchup. That's probably about it for me on on Atlanta. Hunter has been solid in this matchup. He's up over 5K, though, at 53 um, but I'm going to have a lot of these Hawks in a lot of my lineups. How about you?
0: Yeah, you brought up a great point. Um, I really like a lot of the Hawks here in this matchup. Uh, you mentioned Trey Young. He's always been someone that you can target. Um, at 10.4K, uh, he's certainly someone in play uh, across the board. He's going to be someone I'm going to have in my lineups as well. Uh, John Collins, you mentioned. Um, I really like him. He's actually one of my favorite um, front court. Players tonight that I'm targeting at 9100. I think he could be someone that really breaks open the slate. Um, he has certainly a high high ceiling potential tonight against against the Knicks uh, front court that they're throwing out there. So those two are definitely the top two. And then you mentioned Cam Reddish. He's been he's been on. I would say inconsistent with his performances, but he's certainly someone that can really turn it on and and is a great shooter. So someone that once he gets hot, I think he can really Um, exceed the 30-point threshold. And at 4900, he's certainly the third guy that I'm looking at in in this matchup.
1: Okay, excellent. So we are well aligned so far through the first third of the slate. Let's go to Game 3. It's the other 730 tip-off down in Miami. This is a game that projects to be much lower scoring as Charlotte is coming to town with their 30th-ranked pace, 28th-ranked offensive efficiency, Dealing against that number eleven Miami defense, and Miami, of course, isn't very fast either. They're twenty seventh in pace. So you add all that up, and the total opened at two twelve. Miami, the heavy favorites, nine and a half point spread. That's where it opened, and we do have some question marks here, a lot of them to to be to be honest. With Butler, the big guy, questionable with the toe injury. Uh, Kendrick Nunn is questionable with an illness. Tyler Hero might be back. He's questionable with the ankle-foot situation. He hasn't played in over a month. But those are three really big moving parts on the Miami side. Uh, Jay Crowder is probable with uh, coming back from a concussion. And let's see. Over on the Charlotte side, I don't have any injuries noted at this time. So uh, lower total here, David. Anybody you're going to pluck out of this matchup?
0: Yeah, no, certainly lower total um, should be a fairly, uh, fairly slow game in terms of, from a, I would say, from a pace standpoint. So definitely some guys I'm looking at in this matchup. Um, Devontae Graham has been, ever since he came back, he's certainly been playing better as of late. Um, he's coming off one of his better fantasy production games, um, and he's priced up a little bit, so 7,000, but certainly a guy I would target against Miami, um, Miami has been consistently pretty good against uh, against the backcourt, but recent times I, I would say that they're um it's slightly fallen off. And with all the questionable tags on the Miami side, certainly uh, he's certainly in play uh, and his other backcourt mate, Terry Rogier as well at 6,900, certainly another guy I would look at in this matchup. Um, those are probably my two primary guys from the Charlotte side. I wouldn't go too much into uh, the front court given, all of the, the minute um, fluctuations we've seen over the past uh, several weeks. And then uh, the Martin twins are certainly always in play from a tournament perspective, um, but you never know um, who's really gonna step up from that standpoint, and they're both priced in a, in a similar range. Um, so I would, say, uh, I would say my top two targets, as I mentioned, Graham and, and Rozier here.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think it's smart to look at that backcourt after they came off that terrific game against Atlanta. I'm leaning a little bit more towards Rogier here, especially if Butler doesn't play. I think Rogier will have an easier time navigating. But he's coming off a 40-point game, his career high. So he's got to be feeling the good vibes. I, I like him if I'm going to play somebody from Charlotte. In terms of the Martin brothers, I, I do prefer Cody. His minutes have just been so consistent. 30 35 34 and 32 in the last four games and they didn't price him up. He's still at 4.4 on DraftKings. So I think he's the the guy that they'll turn to the most. Um I know Caleb played well last game, but I I trust Cody's minutes and performance a little bit more. So I think you could go there if you wanted. Over on the Miami side, um Big news, of course, with Butler. So we'll wait on that. I'm not really planning to play Butler. It's just a matter of how much How much else do I go to any of these Heat players. Um, and it will come down to news. Because if, if he's out, if none is out, and if, for example, Hero is back in, at 3.3, I think that's just too cheap for tournaments. So I, I would take a look there. Dragic and Robinson, certainly in the mix, if we get... Multiple other guards out. Uh, but I like the bigs here better. We do like to attack the Charlotte front court. Bam is 9.0. I think he's a really solid play. But the guy that I'm excited about as a low owned player in tournaments, hopefully, is actually Kelly Olinick. He is priced at 3.2. He has not been getting many minutes lately. Last two games, he's had 10 minutes and 10 minutes, and then 16 before that. So uh, hard to count on, but I think Spolster is one of those guys that will play the matchups, and when Miami played Charlotte last time out, he got 32 minutes. So if we can have that same rotation of Zeller starting and Biombo coming off the bench, I think Spolster will let Olenek run out there to try and defend Biambo, and if he gets anywhere close to 32 minutes, I don't think he will, but it, just give me 24 minutes out of Olinic and I think he can pay off that 3.2 price tag. So um, that's my breakdown of Miami. What, what's yours?
0: Yeah, so you bring up a good point. I think we'll have to stay tuned and stay close to a lot of the injury updates. Uh, if Butler does sit, and you mentioned, and Nunn's out, I do also like your Tyler hero call thirty three hundred certainly a guy that will come back and and will get the green light shooting, so I like him a lot at that price tag uh, from a big standpoint, really like bam at a bio at nine thousand um, certainly a guy uh, w- one of the top targets uh in terms of in that price range uh, on the entire slate for me um, and then another guy to look at who's been starting who's been uh, putting up uh, okay numbers, but certainly someone that that can end up um, providing a lot of value and a very low owned guy, potentially Derrick Jones, Jr. Um, at only 40 at only 4,000, certainly a guy that that's in play in a lot of tournaments as well.
1: Yeah. I like that call. I really like that price tag and agree. Could be, could be loaned. We know that he has the, the high ceiling uh, just incredible athleticism for blocks, rebounds, steals a few buckets here and there. So a uh, n- nice call there. All right, before we go to the second half of the slate, just want to mention a uh, place to follow the news is at Hoop Ball Fantasy on Twitter. And then follow David on Twitter at D M E N K 3 3. You can follow me on Twitter at Language Olympic. And the rest of the crew, we've got Micah Patria at M I K E A P O T R I A. And our man Miles Hartley is at M Y L E S 6565. So that's the crew. Um, David, let's get ready for the second half of the slate, starting with some eight o'clock tips. First one is in Oklahoma City, it's Utah traveling to town. This one opened at 217 and a half for the total. OKC opened as a two-point favorite. These two teams have played two low-scoring games. The total in the first one was only 195, and they followed that one up uh, in December with a total of 194. So these two teams have not been explosive when they've faced off. Utah's 25th in pace, OKC is 20th. Tonight we have some uh, some big news. Uh, potentially, we've got Gobert questionable. He's only he's only missed two games all season. He's questionable with an illness. Both games that he missed, Tony Bradley started and played solid minutes. So we'll get to him here in a minute. Um, In terms of other injury news, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is probable to come back into the lineup with a hip injury. He missed that Celtics game. So as it looks right now, he'll be back. But where do you start when you're breaking down this one, David?
0: Yeah, um, certainly one of the lower totals of the slate. Um, I would say from a matchup standpoint, you mentioned, it's certainly going to be uh, a fairly slow-paced game. Uh, and therefore, I would say from a targeting standpoint, certainly a lot of these guys are going to be lower-owned. The big news is going to be Rudy Gobert, you mentioned. If Rudy Gobert does sit, I really love Tony Bradley at that close-to-minimum price tag of 3200 I think he can be a very chalky play, but also provide significant value uh, if Gobert sits. I also like Donovan Mitchell in this matchup quite a bit. Um, he's been fairly uh, consistent, but I wouldn't say he's had a lot of high ceiling games recently, so he certainly do. And at 7,300, I, I like him on, on the Utah side uh, quite a bit uh, against the OKC backcourt. Um, I would say those would be my, my two, top two targets from, uh, from the Utah side. Uh, I, I'm also going to have some shares of Joe Ingles. He's coming off one of his better games uh, over the last 10 um, last game where he did put up um, close to 40 fantasy points. So he might be someone that that could be another target in tournaments at t- at fifty-three hundred. Certainly a guy that uh, could potentially pay off pretty handsomely.
1: Yeah, really well said. I'm with you all the way through. I'll have a lot of Bradley. He's been good points-per-minute guy. Um, if he's starting at 3.2, uh, he'll, be a, he'll be a tough one to fade. Uh, I do like Mitchell. He's averaged 46 fantasy points against OKC so far, even though they have been low-scoring games. So if we can do that again, we're almost at a 7X return. And Ingles, yeah, I agree. For tournaments, guys got a lot of upside. Uh, if, if it ends up being one of those nights where he gets off, on- Five or six three-pointers, hits a few. We know he can fill up the stat sheet. So a nice option there for tournaments. Over on the OKC side, with Shea coming back into the lineup, I have a little bit less interest in this backcourt because now Schroeder is priced up over 6K. Again, he's at 6.2. I think you could look at Gallinari. He's at 5.9. He's averaged 35 fantasy points against Utah. Um, so I might get there for a share or two. But I, I really am not going to get much exposure to this game. So I, I may not get anywhere else with the Thunder. But I'm curious if you like anybody over there.
0: Yeah, um, I actually like I like Shea coming back quite a bit. At, his price tag is very low considering he's got a pretty high ceiling. Uh, he's a he's a guard that certainly gets a lot of rebounds, can do a lot of things um, from a uh, additional stats perspective. So certainly a guy that I, I'll be targeting in tournaments um, and someone that can really pay off. Just, you mentioned 300 uh, is his price tag. Certainly a guy I'm looking at. Um, I would say he's my primary target. And then a secondary target you can look at. You mentioned uh, Gallinari as well. 900
1: um, certainly in play as well. OK, Good. Well, we have two games left, and we've got some stars coming up and the highest total on the board, so could be a big finish to the night. Let's see if we can break it down accurately, and we'll start with the 8 o'clock tip-off in Dallas. It's the first ESPN game, Denver in town. Dallas coming off a back-to-back where they played at San Antonio, and this one opened at... A total of 219. And this is another situation where when these two teams have played previously, both games have gone under that total. But they've been close at least. Dallas won the first one 109-106. And then Denver got the last one 107-106. So both of them under that 219 total. And the news that we figured would probably come just came out while we were recording here. Porzingis is out for Dallas as it is a back-to-back. And Curry is out as well. So some usage opening up on the Dallas side. Over on the Denver side, I'm not seeing any news right now. So pretty healthy on on that side of the ball. Where are you going to start with your analysis here?
0: Yeah, so you mentioned the first of the the big TV games uh, of the night. So on the Denver side, uh, my favorite play is actually going to be a guy that um, has been playing – Fairly consistently over the last 10 games, actually, Gary Harris uh, in the backcourt. Um, he's only priced up to 4500 so certainly hasn't been priced up significantly. And under, five, under, under $5K, certainly a guy that can provide a lot of value based on his current form. So I, I like him as my favorite play on the Denver side. Um, you can also target Jamal Murray. He's always in play. Um, at 7200 certainly a guy I would look at as a secondary option. Uh, And then as well as uh, Will Barton as well um, on the Denver side. It's is certainly in play as well.
1: Okay. Yeah, interesting. I hadn't written uh, Gary Harris down, but I do like his upside at that price. And he certainly has been trending in the right direction. I also hadn't written Murray down. Uh, Barton was the first guy written down out of that group. Uh, Anytime Barton is around 6K, I I like to consider him. You know, he's just so often he'll give you that high 30s fantasy point total and really helps strengthen the rest of the lineup. Um, But Jokic, I think now that Porzingis has been ruled out, Jokic is growing on me a little bit here at 9.7. He got a triple-double against these guys the first time out. It wasn't a big one, though. It was 10, 10, and 10. So he just snuck it in. and then he went for thirty-three, six and seven last time against Dallas. So he's—it's interesting, you know—he's in that nine-point-seven price range for DraftKings. So going to be a tough decision with him, and then those other bigs in that nine-k range of of Collins and Bam. But I do think he'll have a pretty easy time operating in the paint without Porzingis. So I'm tempted to try to build a lineup with Trey Young and Jokic. Over on the Dallas side, uh, I also have more interest in Luka now with Porzingis out. The guy has a a big impact on both sides of the ball. And, you know, with Luka at 11 I I think I still prefer Trey Young at the cheaper price. Uh, Luka's been a little bit banged up on both hands. So... uh, it's going to be tough, you know. These are these are studs that we like to pay up for. Um but you know with with Trey Young 600 cheaper, most of my lineups I think I will probably uh, probably go with Trey Young. And then the one other guy I've got to mention if Porzingis and Curry are out, you know, THJ has really picked it up this season in those settings. He's at 6.3. So he'll be in my player pool as well. How about you? Yeah, uh, you
0: brought up some great points. I think with Porzingis ruled out, um, another guy that has been putting up, putting in consistent numbers, but at his price tag, it might be hard to pass up in the front court. Maxi Kleber at 4,600 on DraftKings, certainly a guy that I'll be looking at a little bit in, in my lineups as well. Um, I think he, he has potential uh, to perform pretty strong tonight. Um, so that's certainly a guy I'm looking at. Uh, and then you mentioned... THJ, certainly a guy I'm looking at as well. With Curry out uh, and Prazingis out, should be a lot more shot attempts going, coming his way. So I like him as well. At 6,300 certainly a price tag that uh, can really work well um, tonight. And Luca is always in play, uh, despite all of the injuries. He he's always seems to be uh, injury-prone these days. But a guy that has always put in a maximum effort uh, and they're battling out for, for seeding, that's something to look at as well. Um, given all given all the playoff implications going on, on the, in the Western Conference right now.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Maxi Kleba because I, I typically don't play him, but I know there's been a lot of situations this year where he's paid off. Uh, he's just a little bit too inconsistent for me. I mean, you look at the last three games, his fantasy points have gone 24-9-23. And in that nine-point fantasy night, he played 34 minutes, so he's he's just hard to rely on for me, certainly more of a tournament play. Uh, one good thing he's got going for him is that against Denver this year, he's averaged 30 fantasy points, which is saying something. He's got to go against guys like Jeremy Grant, really strong defender. Uh, we've also got Millsap back in the mix here. But, yeah, somebody to consider. And uh, this game is just in general much more attractive to me now than it was this morning. Now that Porzingis and Curry are out, but the game that I'm really excited about, David, is this last one. It's the 10:30 tip, second ESPN game on their doubleheader, and it's the Pelicans traveling to Sacramento to play the King to, to play against the Kings. And you mentioned the the standings and the battle for positioning. Well, these teams are tied for ninth in the West. They're both 28 and 36. So this is a monster game for them to try to get up closer to that eight seed and Memphis. And it is the highest total on the board. Came out at 235. Pells favored by one and a half. And looking like it could be that high scoring close game that we're looking for. And that's what happened when these teams played the first time. It was a 117-115 game. New Orleans got the W that night back in early January. Zion did not play that game, and Bogdan Bogdanovich did not play. They're, they both will, of course, be in the lineup here tonight, and I am not seeing any injury news on either side um, in terms of what we've had recently. Um, certainly still have guys out uh, like Bagley, but, um, you know, Holmes is back in and uh, should be... Should be the lineups we've had here in the the last few outings for for both teams. So, uh, a lot of potential here. And David, uh, in this game, David, where are you looking?
0: Yeah, uh, I would say you know the fact that this is a primetime game, the fact that they're both battling it out, trying to sneak into the playoffs, and and the Grizzlies are still banged up. Uh, certainly, uh, I think all these guys are, are certainly someone's are certainly guys you want to look at, and definitely a game stack situation here. Um, so on the Pelican side, I really like uh, Drew Holiday. His price tag is, is fairly, uh, fairly low, actually, considering his performance recently. Uh, his form has really stepped up. Um, he's priced at A200 on DraftKings. I really like him on the backcourt. Uh, and then another guy in the backcourt that I really like, um, Alonzo Ball. Uh, so certainly a guy that has triple-double potential every night. 7,900 on DraftKings, certainly a guy that I'll, I'll have some shares in as well. Um, and then from a value standpoint, I actually really like Josh Hart. Um, he's coming off, um, c- coming off a poor game from, from, uh, in terms of price tag, in terms of performance, at 10 fantasy points. But the game prior, he put up 42. Um, he's definitely a boomer bust type of player. But if at 4,200 in this high-paced matchup, I, I like Josh Hart a lot uh, from the Pelicans' side.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Josh Hart. I think he he could be a bounce pack a candidate here. Just couldn't hit from the outside in that last game against Minnesota. So he's a nice value play. I like out of the guards. I prefer Ball here. I, I mean, Drew has been excellent lately. Uh, ball fit this matchup a little bit better the first time out. He had 24 points and a double double, and he's just been shooting it so well. Um, in terms of the front court. As I mentioned Zion didn't play this this guy uh, in this matchup before. So I I'll get some exposure to him at 7.8. I don't think the Kings can defend against him. Um I did write down Melly at 3.7 as one more value play. I think uh you know, I'm more interested in a guy like Bradley 3.2, cheaper, probably more reliable here on this slate. But Millie has a little bit more upside because he does shoot and he can get hot from from distance. So I think he's somebody worth noting. But I, ma- I noticed you didn't mention Ingram, and I'd probably fade him as well. For some reason, he struggled in this matchup. Uh, pretty poor night. He also fouled out. So, um, you know, it's just tough with these four studs for the Pelicans. Um, but I would probably go with ball number one tonight. Over on the Sacramento side, similar situation. You know, I really like playing Fox, Heald, and Bogdanovich of late, and Bazemore as well. Those are the four guys I always look at. I had some success stacking three of them in the game uh, the other night against Portland. So this is a game that I think you could you could take three of those four guys and stack them with a couple of the Pelicans. Um and go at it that way. Cause I, I think it almost might be easier to get exposure to this game just by stacking it instead of trying to pinpoint the one guy on each side who's going to go off. I mean, I, I if you want to build a balanced lineup across the slate and get exposure to the Atlantic New York game, for example, then that's what you're going to have to do. I mean, you can't, you can't get, you can't get five guys from each game. But, um, that's what I plan to do. So if I had to pick one, uh, it's it's just so tough. I mean, Fox is the guy I have the most faith in, but he's by far the most expensive. Um, you know, Bogdanovich has been getting the start over Heald, um, you know, but he isn't handling the ball as much when Fox is on the court. Heald is handling the ball more when he's on the court, but he's getting less minutes. And then Bazemore is the X factor because down the stretch, sometimes he's playing late and heel is out because of the, the defensive focus. So I don't know. Do you have any clarity for me on, on the Kings side? Yeah,
0: you bring up some, some great points here. On the Kings side, it's certainly something to monitor. Um, there's certainly a lot of moving pieces, uh, especially on the front court side. Uh, with Rashawn Holmes back, The minute share has been something to, to monitor between him Harry Giles and, and Alex Lenz so that's something that I'll try and avoid um, you can certainly play one of them but it's certainly uh, 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 basically a, a shot in the dark in terms of who's going to actually perform on a night-to-night standpoint there and then from the backcourt perspective you mentioned Darren Fox certainly a guy always in play especially in this type of matchup at 7800 certainly a guy that I'm, I'm going to have some shares in but other than that Ah, uh, Bogdanovich is is a guy that's been playing better as of late. So, fifty one hundred on DraftKings, he might be another guy that I'm looking at. Um, but as you mentioned, definitely more of a game stack situation. Um, but I would say those are the primary targets here.
1: Okay, good. Yeah, I'm glad you support the game stack situation, and I'm completely with you on that front court. Just too much of a shot in the dark with the minutes. Uh, you can't really count on any any of those three guys getting over twenty minutes right now. So. I'm going to wait and see how that plays out over the next week or so. See if they start ramping Holmes up with minutes and then see what happens with Len and Giles. All right. Well, we've concluded our six games, which means it's time for a player prop discussion. And I have picked out four that I want to, ru- I want to run by you and get your on-the-spot reaction to. Um, so with these injuries to... Um, You know, Porzingis and some of these question marks. Not all the teams have their player props out yet. But uh, of the ones I've seen, the one that I like the best is the point prop for Lonzo Ball. Uh, He's had five straight games over 16 points. And actually, David, I'm going to ask you what your guess is. What do you think his player prop is tonight for points?
0: I would say it's at uh 15 that
1: would make sense wouldn't it well guess what it's 12.5 wow i mean what is that so i'm going to go over that and that's what's been happening certainly um around the industry his the cuz the juice on it is now minus 143 to go over but i just don't see it happening the guys heavy minutes uh like I said, he's been scoring well over that mark for a while now, and he's just been shooting it so well. I mean, he, he sure he could go cold, he could have an off night from the three-point distance, but again, in a high total game that I think will stay close, I, I just have a lot of a lot of good feelings about that one. So I'm going to go over that one uh, next. I want to go back to Terry Rozier. His point prop is 17.5, and he's gone over that mark four straight games. As we mentioned, he's just coming off that 40-point game against Atlanta, and I know it's a much tougher toucher, tougher, defense uh, with Miami tonight, but if Butler's out or hobbled at all, you know that improves the matchup for him. So I'm going to play over that one. It's minus 110. What do you think on that one? Um, That's a great call. I, yeah. I
0: love that call, okay. uh, especially since he's coming off a career high, as you mentioned, and he put up 26 shots in that game. So I think he's got the green light in, in his head. So I think regardless of Butler plays or not, I see him putting up at least 15, 15 to 20 shots. And and if he even makes uh, 40% of them, I see him easily exceeding in that total.
1: Excellent. All right, good. We're two for two here uh next one is from the new york and atlanta game uh actually the last two are from that game and they involve collins and randall uh, i think that's going to be a big focus in this game what do those two guys do obviously we spent a lot of time breaking them down from the fantasy perspective in terms of the player props the point prop for john collins is 21 and a half and his last three games he's gone 26 27 and 28 he's just been so consistent He scored 32 against New York when they last played. So I'm playing over that one at minus 110. What do you think? Do we get four straight for Collins over that 22 mark?
0: Absolutely. I think um, especially going against the Knicks, uh, he's been, I mean, he only played one game, but in that one game, he put up 32 points against them. So I like to see him, his consistency has been pretty solid recently. His recent form has been great. And this matchup, I see it. I see it. I see it completely happening. So I really like John Collins to hit the over there.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, we've got New York on the second night of a back to back. Both games on the road. So, you know, Atlanta's. Yes, they were coming off that double overtime game, but that was at home. So they've had a couple nights to rest and um, hoping John Collins comes out strong. And then on the other side, uh, Randall. His rebound prop is nine and a half. Now he went under that one last night, but. I'm hoping he bounces back here. He has gone over that number five out of the last seven games in the two matchups against Atlanta this year. He's averaged 14 and a half rebounds. So what do you think on Randall on this back to back? Can he get double digit rebounds?
0: Yeah. In this back to back, I mean, he only played 26 minutes, which should help him feel a little bit more rested, even though this game is on the road again tonight. Um, I I like that uh, call. Ah, uh, quite a bit. He's been inconsistent with his rebound totals, as you mentioned, but um, I'm fairly confident in that one as well.
1: All right, good. Well, I feel I feel a little bit better after that. Um, I'm glad we're we're looking at the same things on the on the player props. A lot of overlap on the fantasy picks. Any closing thoughts on this lovely six-game slate here, right in the middle of the week, Wednesday night? Yeah,
0: um, I, I'm just looking forward to it. Um, definitely monitoring a lot of injury news you mentioned. Um, certainly something to look at. That's going to really affect our some of our lineup changes. But overall, really excited for, for some of the primetime matchups tonight.
1: Excellent. Yeah, me too. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So um, before we get to the games, give David a follow on Twitter. He's at DMENK33. You can follow me at Language Olympic. You can follow Micah Patria, who you heard yesterday, at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You can follow follow our man Miles Hartley, who was on Monday, at M-Y-L-E-S-6-5-6-5. Track all the news at Hoopball Fantasy. Head on over to mybookie.ag and use the promo code T-O-D-A-Y for your sporting investments If you want to make bets on the NBA, MLB, PGA, NCAA, a lot of fun stuff happening. What an exciting time of year here, March, heading into April. So please do that. And then another thank you to Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee, our longtime sponsor. You can find them on Amazon to search Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. And that'll do it for the Wednesday slate. Thank you for joining us today. And please come back again tomorrow for hoop ball DFS today This has been a hoop ball presentation